Welcome to Build with Hari Rao, a podcast by Get Ready Ministry. Let's receive today's word. Greetings and welcome. Uh brings me great joy to welcome you one more time to our Wednesday evening broadcast. I am thrilled in my heart and my spirit to meet you one more time and to bring God's word to you. I trust you have been walking with the Lord and that you have had territorial dominance and you begin to understand the subject over the course of the last 10 days. Kelemon troshante mosate. Let's quickly pray and get into the word today. I am going to keep it brief, but I want to um talk on a subject that I believe is very pertinent in this hour let's open let's pray so father i thank you for your goodness i thank you for your presence that is with us thank you that you have given to us an overcoming spirit that you have caused us to overcome certain things lord so for that i give you glory and i give you honor i pray that you will anoint this evening's time together that my words will be inspired by the holy spirit it will be comforting it will bring illumination encouragement and it will build the body of christ lord i pray that your people will be ready to receive what comes from your throne prepare our hearts lord prepare our minds lord grant us understanding i ask this in your most precious name amen 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 i hope you have enjoyed our teaching on open doors it's actually not only teaching it's uh it's it's um, it was a prophetic word that the lord declared over me and my wife and the people that we give leadership to and we wanted to explain to you what are some of the doors that God has made available to us in this new year so they were not just teaching they were not a matter of explanation and um showing to you what it is but it was a it was an invitation for you to walk into what is your inheritance in Christ it's a possibility of what your life can look like this year so i hope you were blessed and you enjoyed it go back and re-listen to these teachings again and again and again so while i was thinking and contemplating about what i must be um teaching to you this week and in the forthcoming weeks it was a very very explicit instruction from the lord i heard very clearly in my spirit possess the gates of your enemies possess the gates of your enemies it was not even in my radar to to bring this topic to you it was not in my study material it was not in something in the back of my mind it so today i come to you by explicit instruction from god because there is a victory that god wants to give us there is a dominion that god wants to give us there is a territory that the lord wants to grant it to his children so today is uh, is an important one okay so i hope you are ready and you hope you are with me on this topic all right possessing the gate of your enemies possessing the gate of your enemies possessing the gate of your enemies turn with me to genesis chapter 22 i want to read a few verses so we are all together genesis chapter 22 it is the more it's one of the most popular famous scriptures it is the passage where abraham 
goes up the mountain to sacrifice his son Isaac and then the Lord stops him by intervening and this is the following conversation so Genesis chapter 22 verse 15 onwards and the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said by myself have I have sworn declares the Lord because you have done this and have not withheld your son your only son verse 17 please pay attention I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring and I will as the stars of the heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies let's read that one more time verse 17 okay let's read it one more i will surely bless you and i will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies shall possess the gate of his enemies jump with me now to matthew chapter 16 matthew chapter 16 matthew chapter 16 verse 17 another very very popular passage of scripture and jesus answered him Jesus is talking to Peter now. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. On this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it so i read two verses we could read many more i read two verses because i wanted you to know that the revelation of gates and the understanding of gates is not limited to the old testament it is not an old testament theology Jesus himself spoke about gates and in one of the most profound promises God has made to his prophet the father of faith Abraham he said your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies so I think it is only fair that we do our due diligence in studying what this idea of possessing the gate of our enemies means are you guys with me so far uh, I know that uh, by now you are used to this ministry and the way we teach the information we bring may not necessarily cause you to clap your hands at every five minutes but it will empower your spirit to overcome giants in the land you know I, I understand my assignment to you and sometimes I, I I tell myself I'm like God I want to I want to preach certain sermons that are high octane sermons that are gonna get everybody excited but I realize that Christianity cannot function by the mere exercise of our emotions for us to have a victorious Christian life, it requires understanding. It requires us to walk a certain way. It requires us to know certain things. So I want to raise a spiritually intelligent people. I want to raise a group of people that have understanding. So, so we thank God. We thank God. Let's lay some ground rules. It's very important because sometimes these sermons can be uh, misconstrued, they can be taken out of context and they can, they can be made to look like hate speech. Um, that's why it's important that I set the right context. Enemies here 
do not mean people that you don't like. We live in an extremely divisive world. We division and hatred seems to be running rampant across the world. Leaders, politicians, influencers, they all seem to be unspoken agenda of turning brother against brother, sister against sister, family against family. And if we are not careful, we will begin to mistrust and make enemies out of friends. So when scripture says, possess the gate of your enemies, it is not talking about any particular ethnic group. It is not talking about anybody by the color of their skin or by their political affiliations or by the convictions they hold. Let's stop demonizing people. Now it is quite possible that some people are indeed instruments of the enemy. Some people are carried by demonic agenda, but we are not meant to. Please listen to me carefully. Ah, oh, man, this is, a, this is a touchy subject today. <laughs> so, we are not meant to hate those people, but we are meant to address the invisible enemy that is pulling the cords that are causing certain outcomes. So the real enemy is not seen. The real enemy is invisible. You're, the real one that wants to truly cause chaos and destruction, the enemy of our soul is invisible. And that is Satan himself. So our, like Apostle Paul said, our battle, our war, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. It's not against flesh and blood. So it doesn't matter whether you like a particular politician or not. It doesn't matter if you like a particular political party or not. It doesn't matter if you like a certain bill or not. Remember, that is a visible manifestation of an invisible order. What you see in the natural is only the consequence of an invisible battle. So we don't attack what is visible. We attack what is invisible. You know, I was, uh, I caught myself saying something about uh, the politics of a particular country recently and about the government of a particular country and instantly I heard a very sharp rebuke from the Lord. He said, why are you complaining? Um, uh, you know, in, in my rational mind, I was beginning to list all the things the government of that country was doing wrong. And then I heard the Lord say very clearly, but you do not belong to this system. Why are you talking about it? You are not subject. Oh, you are not subject to the systems and the engagements of that system. So why are you complaining? And I had to quickly repent because that's when I understood we complain about things that we cannot change. And human beings have degrees about complaining about matters that they cannot change. So when you see a person complain, it is because they are not able to effect change. They are not able to change the outcome. They are not able to change the results. Because they are powerless to change an outcome, they resort to complaining. So child of God, <laughs> uh, we're going somewhere today. So, so be mindful of what you complain. Because you complaining is the acceptance of defeat. So when you complain about something, when you find faults, when you find reasons to explain a situation, you have admitted defeat. So I want to know, I want you to know that the enemies that the scripture is talking about is not your neighbor, is not your auntie, is not um, your school teacher who teaches you maths. <laughs> uh, no. Even if 
there are people that are motivated by demonic agenda and sometimes possessed by demonic spirits they are not our people they are not our enemies we are not meant to hate them okay second thing this war of possessing the enemies in our given context is not a physical battle this is uh, i'm going slow because i want you to understand this is not a physical battle is not a battle of arms and knives and brute force and sheer strength it's not about that if that is the case the almighty god could have winked his eyes and satan and all his kingdoms would have vanished <laughs> if it was a matter of strength if it is a matter of brute force lucifer has no battle satan has no strength what <laughs> how can he withstand an almighty god he's nothing but yet not being almighty yet not being all powerful not yet not possessing even a tiny bit of the power and the strength that god put you see that lucifer keeps waging warfare against christ and those who belong to him so this is not a battle of strength this is not a battle of power then the question is what is the battle ah then the question is what is the fight about how is it that the enemy is so successful in some cases waging warfare yeah so the battle is over what god has spoken the battle is over who god says he is the battle is a battle of legality the battle is a battle over rules of engagement and this may sound very simple but uh, <laughs> uh but you we you'll get there we'll get there together don't worry for example for example when jesus was baptized the father said this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased it was a declaration of who jesus is and his relationship with the heavenly father and what was the temptation about the temptation was about the identity of jesus not <laughs> i please please stay with me lucifer came to verify what was spoken if it was indeed true so the tests that were subjected that jesus was subjected to was to verify what god has spoken in another matter you see job we have to stay within the confines of what is given to us in scripture right we don't want to just have fairy tales god says have you considered my servant job and goes on to list his characteristics goes on to list the traits that he admires in job and satan comes and challenges it well of course he's going to be god fearing he's going to worship you he's going to be a good man or whatever it is because you have done these 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 things to him take away these benefits and let's see if he's still the kind of person that you are so what was the battle over the battle was over what was spoken the battle was over what was said this is very important very very important for example <laughs> the gifts and the callings of god are without reproach which means that god does not um uh, how do i say this change his mind about the callings and the gifts he has given to people or to anybody for that matter very important okay he doesn't call somebody and then say ah you know what i'm really upset with you i'm taking back my calling from you i'm taking back my anointing from you i'm taking back my gifts from you i'm taking back what i gave to you if that was the case please listen to me if that was the case satan should have been stripped and robbed of all his power 
all his anointing, all his grace immediately after his rebellion. No, he was cast out of his legal position. He was cast out of heaven, but he continued to possess and have the powers he acquired that was given to him at the point of creation. Now, some people are very, very... Uh, <laughs> I was in a conversation with somebody and, and it was a fascinating conversation because we started discussing where did Satan get his power from? Because only God is the source of his own power. Only God is self-sustaining and he is the creator of all power. Only God, only the almighty God. So every other being got his or her or its power from the creator. So Satan's power was not his own. Satan's strength or charisma or grace or anointing was not his own. He didn't create it. It was given to him because of the office and the position he possessed. But when he rebelled against God and he was kicked out, he lost his legal position but kept the power that came with it. That's how he went about deceiving people. That's how he, oh God help us. That's how he went about deceiving Adam. And once he deceived Adam, he took the authority that Adam had and began to rule and reign in place of Adam. I'm trying to show you something. I'm trying to, how did Satan do this? How did Lucifer manage to do this because he understood the nature of God and he he found ways loopholes where he understood that God cannot lie it is against the nature of God to lie it is against the nature of God to take back his word it is against his nature to go back on his covenant. It is against his nature. He understood the nature of God and rebelled based on that. Uh, he used it. He used it. So God said, no problem. <laughs> you know, no problem. You see, this is the way Satan thinks. He's smarter than God. He thinks he can outwit God. He thinks he can, uh, can outmaneuver God. But God is almighty. God is almighty. God is all wise. He knows the plans and the strategies Lucifer has even before it came to him. <laughs> he cannot be God and not know what one of his created beings was planning. Which means that before the foundations of the earth, Christ was slain. So the plan to defeat Lucifer, the plan and the purpose, the remedy of all the plans of the enemy was in place even before Lucifer conceived that matter. So when the scripture says, my God help us, your seed shall possess the gates of its enemies. We must understand that we have been called by God not to engage in a battle of brute strength, not to engage in a battle of sheer strength and, and force, but it is to occupy a territory that is legally given to us and remove demonic principalities, remove demonic forces that are causing unrest, destruction and causing demonic agendas to be pushed and pumped out. And we don't do this by, by yelling and no, 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 no. We do this by engaging spiritual protocols. You'll never see Jesus getting into animated fistfights with the devil. It was a war of words. It was a war of legalities. 
it was a war it was a battle that was based on the revealed word the revealed covenant of god let me give you an example let me give you an example let's say you're driving your car okay let's say you're driving your car you're on a road where the speed limit is 50 kilometers right you're on a road that says go at 50 kilometers and then a, a police a traffic police comes by and stops you and and wants to give you a ticket he wants to fine you and he says that you are going at 60 on a road that you're supposed to go at 50 and you tell him no sir i'm i'm going at 50 and he says you're going at 60 okay now let's imagine you are a tiny uh 18 19 year old kid who's very skinny very uh <laughs> very petite okay and let's imagine the cop to be a 7 foot big muscular man now the fight is not about who has more strength the fight is on the legality did i indeed go over speed we need to establish the fact what was my speed it doesn't matter how strong you are it doesn't matter that you're 7 foot and somebody else is 5 foot it doesn't matter how much muscle power you have it is about the law that said on this road you can go at 50 now you are bringing an accusation to me that saying i was going at 60 but i am defending that i'm going at 50 so what is the fight the fight is over the law the fight is over principles the fight is over what is established rules of engagement thank you jesus thank you lord some of us have not experienced victory because you have been crying and crying and crying praying and praying and praying and you never seen a breakthrough in an area because <laughs> it doesn't matter how much you cry it doesn't matter how much you cry it it matters to god but in the court of law it's not your tears that win you the battle in the court of law it's evidence it's the case you present the evidence you create for your case okay <sighs> i hope we have establish these ground rules because it's very important very 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 important because without this understanding let's say i have a i'm just going to use myself as an example okay let's not use myself okay um let's say there is a believer who has a habit of stealing let's say there's a child of god Yeah yeah you can let's say there's a child of god he has a problem with stealing he steals from his house steals from his father sometimes steals from the offering in the church let's say he has a habit of stealing okay and then one day uh <laughs> he gets caught by a traffic cop and the traffic cop asks him for a bribe okay and then then he's forced to bribe and then he he doesn't want to pay a bribe or let's say it could be any situation and then comes back home and begins to engage in spiritual warfare he says i come against the spirit of corruption that is running in my city i come against the spirit of corruption that is running in in the police department in the traffic department i come against it i can promise you his spiritual warfare his prayers will have no effect they will have no power because the same spirit that was operating in the cop was also operating in him but they were different manifestations of the same spirit he was as corrupt as the cop so i'm i'm trying to take us somewhere i'm trying to show us how we can navigate this in order for you to possess the gate of your enemies the gates cannot possess you mm. 
Listen to me carefully. In order for you to possess the gates of your enemies, the gates of your enemy cannot possess you. There cannot be elements from that kingdom ruling in your life because you cannot conquer what you are cohabiting with. You cannot have victory over what is your friend in life. You, what is your, uh, I mean, I have a certain term, but I don't want to say that right now. But um, please, but understand with me. Understand, understand this. Understand with me. You can only conquer what you're willing to confront. And you can only confront what you are not in friendship with. So, God would be unfair. Please listen to me. God would be unfair and unjust to treat you differently if both the accused and the defendant are guilty of the same charges. God would be unfair. It's like a parent. It's like a parent who caught both the children stealing and yet chooses to forgive one and punish the other for the same crime. For the same crime. Both were caught stealing and yet one is forgiven, the other is punished. It would be, that's an unfair, unjust parent. So how do we reconcile this? And this is why our greatest warfare is not based on what we accomplished. Our greatest warfare is not based on our righteousness. Our greatest warfare is not even based on uh, what Hari is capable of. Our greatest warfare is based on the life, the work and the, and the sacrifice of another. We are indeed talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. So the beginning and the end of our spiritual warfare is in Christ. We have no victory and we have no battle outside of Christ. It's, uh, it's very, 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 very dangerous to engage in spiritual warfare outside of Christ. What victory do you have outside of Christ? Why, oh, come on. What battles can you win outside of Christ? What legal engagement do you have outside of Christ? Because without the blood of the Lamb, without the blood of Jesus, you and I don't have a case. So, this is important. I am still just setting the ground rules. We haven't even gotten into the idea of gates and what gates mean. Because I want to define the boundaries of our engagement. I want to explain how this matter works. So you don't fight based on your righteousness. You don't fight on the quality, just based on the quality of your prayer life. The, the beginning and the end of your spiritual warfare, the beginning and the end of your spiritual engagements is in Christ. It is a very dangerous matter to approach a spiritual realm outside of Christ. So, possessing the gate, possessing the gate of your enemies, possessing the gate of your enemies. It's a very fascinating passage of scripture. Let's go back to Genesis. Can I take my time with you today? Go. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 22. Uh, we thank God. Genesis 22. Let's read this carefully. Okay? Because it's very important. 17. And I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies and your offspring and your offspring 
shall possess the gate of life. Which means as a part of the Abrahamic blessing, as because we are also the seed of Abraham in Christ Jesus and we partake in the blessing of Abraham. Because Galatians says that we have we are partakers of the blessings of Abraham in Christ, right? So as a part of that blessing, dominion is my portion. Yeah. You're not meant to be ruled over, but you're meant to rule. Dominion has been given to you. Not just power, but authority. Not just power, but authority. You, somebody can have power, but do not have authority. Ah, somebody can, somebody can have the strength, but they do not have the permission to use the strength. So in Christ, we have been both given the power and the authority to exercise dominion on behalf of the kingdom of God. You must understand these things. You must understand these things. For example, at one point, Satan had the power, the, the sheer brute force and strength to defeat someone, to kill someone. But he did not have the authority because there was a hedge of protection for the sake of Job's life. If you, if, you, if you read the encounter of Job and Satan and God, you will see that there was a hedge of protection over Job's life. There was a boundary and that boundary was not just some physical element like a physical fire that was stopping uh, Satan from harming Job. No, the hedge that you speak was a legal boundary. My God, I feel an anointing right now. Was a legal boundary that informed the kingdom of darkness that told Satan, this line you cannot cross. You can do this, but you cannot do this. You can, you may do this, but you, there was a boundary. There was a boundary. There was a hedge. There was a legal ground that said, this you cannot touch. Mm. So Satan had to respect that boundary. Did he have the power to cause sickness? Yes. Did he have the power to rob the, the, the livestock? Yes. Did he have power to cause destruction to Job's property? Absolutely. But as long as there was a boundary, he could not cross it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to explain these matters to us. I'm trying to explain these matters to us. Unless there is a breach in your boundary, the enemy cannot touch you. Please listen to me carefully. No thief can break into your house unless there is a breach in the boundary. No thief can break the car, the window of your car, unless there is a breach in the boundary. Ah, God help us. Help us, help us, help us. But I what what I find fascinating is this. Okay. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. Offspring, offspring. And you will always note that this is a, a spiritual principle that I want to show to you. Your offspring. When it comes to the matter of spiritual warfare, or when it comes to battles, God always seems to address the offspring. In fact, if you go back a little while in Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned, what was the promise? What was the word that God spoke? It says, your seed, I will cause enmity between your seed and his seed. Ah. It didn't say, I will cause enmity between you and the serpent. It says, your seed and his seed. So it seems like, uh, we won't get into it, but I'll give you a little bit. Just, just one line. It seems like God's chosen way of engaging warfare is not to get himself involved, but to get his seed involved. That is why you will see that all the battles are fought by Christ the Son and the Father Almighty never engages in them. <laughs> ah, it is the privilege and the responsibility of the Son 
to win battles the father empowers the son to win battles ah you will not you'll get it you will get it you will get it one day you will get it don't worry <laughs> you never see the father battle you'll only see the son come into a battle why there's the privilege of the son and the responsibility of the son to wage warfare on behalf of the father that's why the psalm says david says his sons are like arrows in a quiver and they fight at the gates ah i give you a very very powerful spiritual principle right there the the father empowers the son and the son wins the battles it's a spiritual protocol the father never represents himself in the battle the father sends a son let's do one more time okay <laughs> let's let's do one more time let's 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 look at this principle one more time let's go back to matthew chapter 16 matthew chapter 16 let's go back you will see this principle now you will see this principle now verse 18 okay and i tell you you are peter and on this rock i will build my church now what is jesus doing what is jesus doing He says i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it ah wait a second now you see that jesus christ himself ah god help us now christ is saying there is a battle that i will fight which was the battle on the cross There was a battle there was a warfare that Jesus engaged in and that was the engagement of the cross there was a warfare on the cross there was a battle on the cross he said that i am going to take care that my father will not do it that i will do it but there is still a battle that i want my church to engage in and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church now do you see jesus visible no but what do you see you see the church visible ah he won the battle on the cross that was the battle of legal rights that was the battle of authority that was the battle of taking the keys back from satan that adam lost that battle jesus won and now he's saying i will build my church i will build my son i will build my bride i will build my people and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church now he's empowering the church to win against the gates of hell do we see jesus christ no we don't what do we see the church so the church is the visible representation of the invisible christ let me say that to you one more time ah you this is good food child of god this is good food so the church is the visible representation of the invisible christ so we are the visible representation of the victory the invisible christ has already accomplished for us so when you see the church marching forward it's the it's christ marching forward when you see the church advancing it is the kingdom of god advancing when you see the church gain territory the kingdom of god is gaining territory when you support the church you support the kingdom of god ai 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 we must understand this principle of representation ah uh, we haven't even gone into gates we haven't even described what gates is yet we are just laying the foundation we are just laying the foundation go with me to the book of ephesians oh we thank god we thank god we thank god the book of ephesians ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 finally 
Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. <sighs> so we see that this battle is an invisible battle, yet one side of the player is visible. We are the visible component of this matter. He's talking to a church that is made up of people that are made up of flesh and blood. They, these are people, these people are visible. These people are visible, flesh and blood, body, skin, bone, blood, visible people. Okay, but spiritual in nature, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. physical bodies, but spiritual people, visible bodies, but spiritual people. And he's saying, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We do not wrestle as in flesh, which means this body does not wrestle another body. This body does not wrestle another body. But we are in combat against spiritual entities. And he goes on to describe them. Which means, oh God help us. You have a physical body, but your battles are spiritual. You have a physical body, but your battles are spiritual. And with a physical body, you engage in spiritual battles. I think, I think we might have, I, I, today, I think this is a good place to end, eh? <laughs> uh, your seed shall possess the gates of your enemies. The gates of your enemies, the gates. Let me, let me share this one thing and and we'll close. I've said it before. I've said it before. Um, let me share. We must always ask the question, what does the Bible mean by gates? What does the Bible mean by gates? You know, I, when I read it the first time, I thought gates are physical gates, you know, um, like we see outside our houses. You have a big property, you have gate for your property, you know, you have massive property to keep the street dogs out or uh, to keep the, I don't know, keep people you don't want in your property. I always thought it was the physical gates. No, when the scripture says gates, it's not referring to physical gates. Because in ancient times, cities had gates right the entrance the point of entrance into a city that was called a gate it was not where people stayed it is where the city began so at the gate of the city you pass through the gate of the city you travel a short distance and then you will see the actual city where the people are sitting the markets are there and everything but the gate was please pay attention to me now but the gate was the power central of the city. It was the, the center of decision-making. It's where the elders of the city would come together. It's where the rulers of the city would come together. It's where people that had governmental titles, that had governmental authority, the ones that made decisions came together. They would sit at the gate. They would sit at the gate and come up with plans. They would come up with strategies. They would make decisions. They would come up with ideas. They would come up and say, ah, you know what? There is a sewage problem in the city. I propose we do this. There is a problem with thieves in the city. I propose we do this. This 
gentleman has done well in the city i propose we uh, we give him a reward it was at the gate the elders the rulers came together and formulated strategies and decisions so when the scripture says when the scripture is referring to a gate it is not a physical gate it is talking about ruling powers it is talking about decision making authorities it's talking about the strategies that these beings come together and make and jesus is telling us that there is a gate in hell the gates of hell shall not prevail the ruling powers of hell the strategy um, the decision makers the the strategy creators of hell shall not prevail against the church and when god is speaking to abraham he's telling oh help us lord jesus the gates of your enemies the ones that come together and make plans the ones that come together and make decisions the ones that come together and strategize against you the the ones that come together and make counsel against you they will possess the gate of the enemy which means that we will not only have a seat at the table but we will be the controlling force and power over that gate child of god ah this revelation of gates is not earthly this it's a heavenly thing you think that it was just random human beings that said hey you know what let's meet at the at the entrance of the city at the gate of the city we'll sit there no no it's 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 mimicking a heavenly pattern and in the coming days i'll show it to you how there is a heavenly gate just like hell has gates there is a heavenly gates i'll give you a little teaser okay i'll give you a little teaser ephesians says we are seated in heavenly places you and i are seated in heavenly places where are we seated Where are we seated? Ah, we are seated in heavenly places. There is a gate. There are gates in heaven where decisions are made, where strategies are formulated, and God in his mercy and his privilege has given us a seat. We are seated in heavenly places. I leave you with that thought. We will explore this more next week. It is your portion in life to possess the gates of your enemies. It is your portion. May the Lord richly bless you. May the grace of God go before you. And this is what you must do after this. Don't discuss this with your friends and family. Sit down and think about these things open your bible and go and check uh, what is this pastor hari teaching go read and study the word ask god to give you more understanding that's how you dwell that's how you meditate upon the word and when we come back together you will see that you your learning and your joy will be more and will be complete amen so make your conversations about god god bless you child of god i'll see you on saturday Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Please consider sharing it. And for more information, log on to harirao.com.